As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash mpn to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash mpn. Terms and conditions apply. It's time for today's travel and cruise industry news. With the latest from travel and cruises around the world, here's your host, Chili Falls. Okay, let's try that. Testing one, two, three. Do we have sound now? I hope. It looks like I do have sound now. Yay, have sound. Okay, that worked, Hot Air Tom says. All right. So now we have sound. Is that correct? <laughs> it's back. Okay. Thanks, Eddie. All right. But the picture is uh, terrible. So, oh, well. <laughs> so we'll get on with the show. The heck with the, the technical stuff. Um, welcome to Travel and Cruise Industry News and Podcast on Monday, October the 31st. Got to talk about the weather again this morning, folks. Tropical disturbance liable to strengthen into uh, a tropical storm today, maybe a hurricane by Wednesday. Florida tests high-speed trains at 110 miles an hour. Some local art in the Galveston Terminal. Celebrity Reflection gets a new paint job. Navigated their seas using renewable diesel fuel. Ovation of the Seas arrives in Sydney. And which cruise ships are most crowded? That and a lot more here this morning at 11 o'clock. And hopefully everybody can hear me if you can't see me. And sorry about the lighting. Maybe I can get something figured out on this one by tomorrow's show. All right. Happy Halloween, everybody. In addition to that, today is National Caramel Apple Day. I like caramel, and I like apples, but I don't like caramel apples. I guess I'm just weird that way. So, anyway, uh, somebody just messaged me, so uh, see if I see who that is. I can't see that anymore. All right. If you're listening via the podcast, always welcome aboard. You can access the podcast via my blog, which is accessadventure.net, or wherever you get your podcast from, all the big guys, the main hitters, to search for travel and cruise industry news, and up pops the fat travel guy. And anytime you are watching the podcast uh, or listening to the podcast, you can always jump over to the video feed if you'd like. There's a uh, link in the description. Just click on it, and you'll get the clips or pictures from my travels or travels of 
any of the Chili's Cruises family when I have those on a show. All right, tomorrow I've got a very special guest, uh, Kevin Martin, who has a YouTube channel called um, 30 and a Wake Up. It's a travel channel. He's got 87,000 subscribers and over 10 million views. Every year he switches the way he travels and This year, he hopes to spend the year traveling on cruise ships. So we're going to talk to him about what he does and how he does it, why he does it, and uh, see how he does this. He's working out a budget to travel. The first video when I checked him out was coming from a lovely um, house in Thailand overlooking a beautiful beach that he rented for $600 a month. So he knows how to get come up with the bargains. And this afternoon at 1 o'clock, I'm meeting the lovely Bonnie for lunch at Palm Beach Gardens at the Waterway Cafe. Of course, Bonnie's been a longtime supporter of this channel and also uh, knows uh, Hot Air Tom and Cindy. If anyone's in the area, come join us. If you'd like, I'll be there about 1 o'clock to meet Bonnie. All right, guys, uh, that's it for the non-news stuff. So I'll be back with today's news after a quick word from one of our network sponsors. All right, guys, we unfortunately got to talk about weather first thing here this morning, much as I don't want to. The uh, tropical cyclone is, uh, if you're wondering why I'm stuttering around here, folks, I absolutely cannot. There's too much light to see my mouse little arrow thing. So I'm having trouble controlling my screen uh, at any rate. A tropical cyclone is likely to begin strengthening later today. There's a tropical storm watch in effect for Jamaica and Grand Cayman. Interests along the coast of Central America, especially Belize and the Yucatan Peninsula of Mexico, should monitor the progress of the system. The last time I checked, which is about 8 o'clock this morning, the disturbance was centered about 165 miles south of Kingston, Jamaica, about 309 miles southeast of Grand Cayman. It's moving toward the west, about 12 miles an hour, and a westward to west-northwestward motion is expected over the next few days. On the forecast track, the center will pass south of Jamaica today, the Cayman Islands tomorrow, Currently, it has maximum sustained winds near 40 miles an hour with higher gust. The system is expected to become a tropical storm later today. It'll be Tropical Storm Lisa. Strengthening is forecast during the next couple of days, and the system could be at or near hurricane force by Wednesday when it approaches the coast of uh, Central America or Southern Mexico. Formation chance for the next 48 hours is 90%, and 90% over the next five days. 
So this one we just got to watch again. And yes, folks, I know it's way late in the season. It's not the first time we've had storms this late. The man you thought with after all that we had there over that six weeks or so that it was awful that they'd let us alone this time, but they're not. The uh, This is a pretty good sized system developing. Currently, the tropical storm force winds extend about 115 miles from the center. The estimated pressure is 1,003 and dropping. So that's what's happening there. All right, state of Florida. This one kind of blew my mind, folks, I have to tell you. Uh, Florida, new high-speed train will begin speed testing ahead of the opening of Orlando in 2023. Brightline will test trains at a maximum speed of 110 miles an hour the week of starting the week of October 17th. Uh, people in Martin and St. Lucie, St. Lucie counties should be alert to follow the law and be uh, aware around active railroad tracks and railroad crossings. When they say, folks, that uh, the trains are being tested at 110 miles an hour, that's 110 miles an hour going through a crossing, uh, which just is amazing. If the arms uh, are down, do not drive around them because at those speeds, you may not see the train coming. And it obviously could be very dangerous. Brightline is not is the only provider of modern, eco-friendly intercity rail systems in America. It serves, obviously, Miami, Fort Lauderdale, and West Palm, and expanding up to Orlando. But that's not all. As the system, they have other places that they're going, including Las Vegas and um, a train from Las Vegas to Los Angeles. They do plan to take the speed of the trains in Florida in 2023 to 125 miles an hour. So that to me is just kind of unbelievable. All right. So the new terminal is getting ready to open there in uh, Galveston, New Royal Caribbean Terminal. It's going to feature exciting new, larger-than-life Galveston Beach Trio sculpture designed by Brad Oldham and Christy Coltrane of Texas-based Brad Oldham Sculptures. Forged in stainless steel and lost wax bronze, the sculpture will depict a musical trio inspired by the musical heritage of Galveston. As the cruise line's new zero-energy $125 million terminal facility opens this November, Royal Caribbean will make a tribute to its local community with the unveiling of the new art, celebrating its local art and culture. Brad Olam Sculpture's artistic work will be available to the public 
as the new $125 million terminal opens on November the 9th, additionally marking the arrival of Allure of the Seas to Galveston. Of course, Allure will be offering seven-night uh, cruises. Celebrity Reflection has gotten a new paint job. The Celebrity Reflection became the latest ship to showcase Celebrity Cruise's new look following a dry dock in France. After spending over 10 days at the Chantiers Naval de Marseille, the 2012 vessel is now sporting a blue colored hull that was first introduced by Celebrity Edge in 2018. The look is now present on 10 of the 12 Celebrity Cruises, uh, or Celebrity Large Cruise Ships. The look is now present on, I'd like to say, 10 ships. During its recent shipyard visit, the reflection also underwent maintenance and technical upkeep, in addition to regulatory and class work. Speaking of Royal Caribbean, Royal Caribbean's drive towards a more sustainable future took another step this week, this actually this weekend, as the company became the first to use renewable diesel fuel. Navigator of the Seas took on the innovative new bunker fuel at the Port of Los Angeles. You know, Navigator is one of my favorite ships. The search for new and innovative fuels has seen several options come up in recent weeks from fuel cells and LNG-powered cruise ships to biofuel and now renewable diesel fuel. As part of Destination Net Zero, Royal Caribbean's comprehensive decarbonization strategy, Navigator of the Sea became the first ship to take on the new renewable diesel fuel. While fuel cell technology and LNG power are uh, fast developing into viable alternatives for new ships, an option for vessels burning uh, marine gas oil was badly needed. Renewable diesel could be that alternative produced by hydro processing of fats, vegetable oils, and waste cooking oils. The fuel offers significantly fewer emissions than traditional maritime fuels while being chemically identical to standard diesel. The added benefit of renewable diesel is that it can be used as a drop-in fuel. In other words, there's no need to make any changes to the engines to be able to use it. Royal Caribbean entered into a partnership with World Fuel Services, which will supply the fuel when Navigator sets sail on its cruises to Mexico from Los Angeles. During this time, Royal Caribbean International will evaluate the fuel and see if it is a viable option for extensive use across the fleet. Now, don't get me wrong, folks. This isn't something that's going to take the place of um, the new innovations that we're seeing elsewhere, but it will be used like on some of the older ships that haven't, can't be converted to LNG without this tremendous amount of work. That's a picture of a riverboat 
that actually sunk it several years ago. And now it's so dry, they found the boat and pulled it back to shore. And they need some rain in the uh, upper Mississippi Valley. All right, let's see if I can get back to where I'm supposed to be on this uh, program. Australia, welcome to the elevation of the seas. As the cruise ship arrived in Sydney this weekend, it's the first time since 2019 the Royal Caribbean International Cruise Ship is sailing from Australia. In the past two years, the global pause in operations due to the pandemic and a cruise ship ban from the Australian government meant Australians had to miss out on one of the most exciting cruise ships worldwide. Her first cruise from, his, from Australian soil will be an 11-night New Zealand cruise sailing from Sydney to Fiordland National Park, Dunedin, Christchurch, Wellington, Napier, and Picton. She'll be back in Sydney on November the 9th. All right. My friends over at Cruise Fever, John Sousa uh, actually did a lot of research on this and put a, a program out this morning. He conducted a study of space to guest ratio for seven main cruise lines. This is an indicator of how crowded one feels on a cruise ship. I mean, obviously, there's some other factors, but this is clearly one of the main ones. You take the gross tonnage and divide it by the number of guests at capacity. Also, I must point out that Disney, which was one of the uh, cruise ships that he studied, uses different stats, and basically their numbers are calculated using only adults on board. So a space, you know, a guest to space ratio with only adults on a Disney ship skews the numbers. So uh, they're obviously very good with that route, but then when you add all the kids in, the numbers go down substantially. Um, so basically with that confusion, I just left them out of, this part of the study that I did. And all John studied 117 ships. The best three, Norwegian Prima, Coral Princess, and Mariner of the Seas. Also with extremely high marks were Celebrity Apex, Voyage of the Seas, Explorer of the Seas, Adventure of the Seas, and the Celebrity Edge. Out of the 117 ships, six of the bottom 10 were carnival ships. However, the worst three were MSC ships. MSC Sinfonia, MSC Armonia, and MSC Opera unfortunately brought up the bottom. Carnival Horizon, Carnival Panorama, and Carnival Vista all tied for fourth worst. But that just gives you some indication of what the space ratio means to cruising and which ships you feel more crowded and which ships you may not feel as crowded. All right, that's going to wrap up the news portion of the day. Let's see what I can do to get in the chat room, see if I can see that. Boy, I'm really struggling with the light, folks. Sorry, so I apologize for that. 
as well. So let's see who's with us today. And I realized that I started off with terrible sound. Um, all right, so let's see. We're getting back up here to the top. Hot Air Tom was with us. Uh, Robert Lamb is with us. Yo, yo, Brooklyn is in the house. Eddie is with us. Sonny's here down in Mississippi. Uh, Cindy's still. Um, I can't quite read that hot air, Tom. Cindy is stiff and still in pain, but sleeping downstairs to avoid the stairs. Thanks for thinking of her. Yeah, we've all been thinking of her, Tom. Um, uh, Eddie's uh, Eddie's with us. Sonny's here. We said that. Cindy's with us. Hi, Cindy. Yeah, she was saying no count, no sound. Mike's with us. Hi, Mike. And hopefully the sound all got fixed toward the end. Kenneth's with us out in Pennsylvania, and he was saying no sound. And then we started, everybody said that there was sound again. So Robert says, I finally hear you. Sound now. Okay, everybody's now going through and telling me that I had the sound. So again, my apologies for that. Uh, Jason's with us up in Pittsburgh. He says, where's Chile now? I'm in, uh, right across the bridge from Stewart, Florida. I'm staying for a couple nights with my, uh, nephew and niece. We've gone out for a couple nice dinners. And then I go uh, today down to meet Bonnie for lunch. A little, about a half hour from me here and then uh, on Wednesday I go down to uh, uh, West Palm and get on Margaritaville at Sea Express that's back on Friday and I drive to Tampa to get on Carnival Paradise with the lovely Cindy and Hubster and friends so we're definitely looking forward to that uh, Nikki's with us hi Nikki Nikki says, uh, Tom, love and healing thoughts for Cindy. Gretchen's with us. And Gretchen, I've, I've followed your post that uh, you didn't like Holland America. I'm so sorry about that. Because my feelings about Holland America were exactly the opposite. Now, I haven't been on Holland America since uh, just before the pandemic. That was the next to last cruise. So on Carnival Sunrise was the last cruise before the shutdown. The week before that, I was on um, the Zyder Dam. And I loved Holland America. I loved the food. I enjoyed the entertainment. Um, the staff was great. I, of course, back in those days, I wasn't looking at the ship from an accessibility standpoint. So I can't comment on that yet until I get on another one. But I'm sorry that you were just so happy and the ship was not up to standards. Um, that's sad. That's really sad. Because, I, like I say, I felt exactly exactly the opposite. And, yeah, it's an older crowd. And that's, uh, it, it's not as loud and rambunctious as uh, Carnival ships or even Royal Caribbean ships, as a matter of fact. All right, let's see. Rich. 
says, what would you say are your favorite Royal Caribbean ships and why? Boy, that's a tough one. I like Navigator of the Sea a lot. And I liked Adventure of the Sea a lot. Both of those were really complete ships as far as I'm concerned. Uh, really good food, good entertainment. The um, staff were exceptional. The ships were well maintained. And the access accessibility factors were well, were really good. Right after that, I would probably say Quantum, even though Quantum had some technical issues, engine issues after I left Quantum. But I like Quantum almost as much. Um, and that probably was because it was an Alaska cruise. So you, you don't pay that much attention to the ship, maybe, as you do to uh, where you are. I mean, I loved Alaska. I hope to go back to Alaska again. Uh, this, this next year. Um, Symphony of the Seas, of course, that was the biggest ship I've been on to date. There was really not anything that I was upset about because I was in a suite on Symphony. I got to eat at the Coastal Kitchen. And as a, the food was a step above all the other Royal Caribbean ships that I've been very happy with the food. I mean, that was just, just exquisite. The, the food was so good in Coastal Kitchen. I, I just, I haven't had a really bad experience on any uh, Royal Caribbean ships. I've been very happy with, with all of them. But that, those were the ones that I would say at this point are, are my favorites. I will go on Icon of the Seas when the prices come down a little bit. But um, I'm not, you know, overly excited about it. I tend to like the smaller ships. Serenade of the Seas was a nice size for me. It didn't have the bells and whistles that a lot of other ships have. But we had a great time. My The folks at the dining table were just that were so much fun. It may be as, as much fun as I've ever had on a ship with laughing and cutting up with, with people. Uh, that was just excellent. Um, there were some drawbacks because it's a smaller ship. It was very difficult to navigate through the casino. If you had to go through the casino to get from part of the ship to the other, uh, as far as being on a scooter, because it was so crowded and, uh, there just wasn't much space once people were in there playing. Now, when it was empty, yeah, I could get through there okay. But when it was full of people, like in the evenings and they're playing or during sea days, it was tough to navigate. So if I had wanted to go into the casino, it would be on one of the edges right at the door as opposed to trying to go all the way through. Uh, so that was a little bit of a drawback, which I'm going to talk about on my accessibility uh, a report when I do that, but um, I'm just I'm very happy with Royal Caribbean. I would book any Royal Caribbean ship without thinking twice about it. Um, and like that's one of the things I feel that way about uh, Holland America too. 
even though I haven't sailed that many ships. So I was really concerned with uh, with Gretchen's feelings. So that's what I think, Rich. Uh, Gretchen says, uh, I love New York. Like them, heck, take Cruz too. Okay, we're getting into politics here. We don't want to do that. Uh, People are agreeing with Gretchen, however. Okay, I'm staying. You know, I stay out of that one, folks. There's two things that I try not to talk about on this show, and that's politics and religion. Because no matter what, you're going to offend half your audience. So um, I don't care if you're conservative or, or, or liberal. I don't care if you're Republican or Democrat. I love you all the same. And if your political leanings don't make a, a bit of difference to me. Um, I keep my opinions pretty much to myself, although when I go on rants on politicians and I try not to side one way or the other, um, it's because I don't, I, I don't believe any of them. If their lips are moving, I think they're all lying. And so I don't care for either side. Um, I will talk about uh, politics when it evolves or involves the cruise industry directly, like uh, when President Trump cut us out of Cuba, I was totally opposed to that. On the same token, when the first part of the pandemic, when President Trump had the the committee uh, that that Vice President Pence was in charge of, and they had Dr. Blick and, and Dr. Fauci and the guy from the CDC, they were all on that committee together I thought that was terrific, and I thought that was the way to go. I was totally in favor of what uh, President Trump did on the, the, the pushing the development on the vaccination. And then it became a political thing, and it, everything went to hell as far as I was concerned. So then I was uh, definitely opposed to that. So, yeah, I'll show my feelings for or against people when it directly affects the cruise industry. But other than that, I try to avoid it. And the same token with, yeah, religion. Yeah, you know, I could care less if you're, you know, Catholic, Muslim, Jewish, Islamic, uh, Seventh Day Adventist. Doesn't matter to me. Yeah. Uh, that's just the way I try to keep safe on this channel. Let's see what Jason has to say there. When are you going to Europe? I don't know, Jason. The I just got the my numbers for the month. I didn't even make the hundred dollars this month to get a check from YouTube. So you know, it's I mean, and I'm growing like crazy. You know, my subscriber counts up tremendously. I'm getting views like nuts. And my income down. So, one of these days, if if any of these sponsor deals works out, that would be terrific. It does look like I'm going to have a a partial sponsor for three cruises, um, which will be nice. And that's not paying for the cruise, but it is going to cover my scooter and my oxygen. So that's that's is definitely in the works. But 
if I could cover up with a sponsor deal that would, you know, actually pay for some cruises, that would be terrific. And I've said this before, folks, this all comes out of my pocket. You know, I don't get any, I'm not like the guys that have a hundred thousand uh, subscribers and they get, you know, thousands of dollars a month from YouTube. They can afford to go on cruises. Now this, this comes out of my pocket guys. That's just the way it is. Elizabeth's with us. She says, uh, arrive late. Hello. Hi, Elizabeth. Sure did enjoy being with you and I will be with you again, uh, next week. Uh, and we will do it again, same place. Poncho's is fine with Cindy, so we'll meet you there. I'll let you know on the time because I'm not sure what kind of schedule I'll be on. Um, Cindy says, uh, looking forward to our cruise on Saturday, last week at work before the vacation. Awesome, Cindy. Glad to hear that. Uh, Gretchen says the sushi was good. I will see. There's something good about it, at least. I just I feel so bad that you were unhappy. I, don't, I you know, I get upset with anybody that's unhappy on a cruise because I never am, it seems. And yeah, I know there are bad cruises out there, folks, and there's, there's bad cruise lines out there. It's just that I've been very happy on every ship I've been on. And what small problems have existed are things that I could work on and try to make better, so... So I really, I take it to heart when, when any of you guys complain about a ship, because, because that's just, that, that just really bothers me. So, um, Jason wants to know what's wrong with, uh, with, uh, Holland America as well. Um, no TV, just buffering for most of the five days. Wow. Now, see, I didn't have problems with that at all in Zyderdam. Uh, if I remember correctly, the signal on Zyderdam was fine on the TV and fine for live streaming. I don't remember. I don't, I'd have to go back and watch some of my videos from Zyderdam to see, but I don't recall. It's not anything that I remembered that was bad. So small cabin. Well, yeah, there's, there can be small cabins on ships for sure. Jason says his interior on Celebrity was huge. My interior on Serenade was like a football field and that was an inside cabin. It was, you know, of course it was handicapped accessible, but, uh, and it was humongous. Gretchen says, not bright and cheery like Princess or Royal. Sonny says she hates dark ships as well. Yeah, it wasn't good. Um, we ate up a charge every meal, but the last night, oh, you ate up charge. Wow, I love the main dining room. It was it was so good on Zyderdam. Um, I don't recall eating any specialty dining. I may have had sushi once on Zyderdam, but I didn't go, like I didn't go to the steakhouse or anything like that. So anyway, Gretchen, I'm really sorry that that was too bad, a bad experience. Looking forward to seeing Chili and Cindy, Elizabeth says. Uh, Cindy says, also, I will 
get there early and get a big table. All right, that sounds good. One thing that's nice, we won't have I won't have to go as far as I did last time. We're literally right at the end of the pier as ponchos. No, I don't we don't have to do the four or five blocks, seven, eight tenths of a mile, however long with. Hey Chili, it sounds like uh, your next road trip won't be for a little while. Why don't we tentatively plan on a trip together? And that would be cool. That's definitely where I'll be going next. Awesome. We shall talk about that one. That sounds good. I was supposed to go in. I was going to do a group cruise with Cruises for Solos. And what was that in April? I think it was. And they changed ships. And um, I wasn't entirely sure that I wanted to be on the second ship. So I just, I canceled out of it. Um, then the other issue is with my flying because I would have been terribly uncomfortable flying. So I got to get back over that and start flying again, which, uh, you know, it's, that's coming up. So, all right, guys, that's going to wrap me up for today. Again, my apologies for all the issues. Uh, at least I know now that I can get the uh, podcast up today, even if it has some issues in it, like at the start, I will try to cut out the dead air before the podcast goes up. Uh, But at any rate, guys, I certainly appreciate all of you being here. If you're new to this channel, welcome aboard. And as always, guys, uh, we, um, we love to get the thumbs up. Lots of those would be helpful. If you haven't subscribed, let me use, use this as the invitation for you to subscribe. So hopefully one day soon I'll make uh, 60,000 subscribers. That's my goal for tomorrow. So that's it for today. This is the old fat travel guy. As always, stay safe, stay healthy, think about cruising. Hopefully one day soon we'll all get together on the high seas. Bonnie, I'm coming. I'll see you at 1 o'clock. Later, y'all. I regularly post videos on all facets of the travel and cruise industry. So if you like to keep up with the latest in cruise ships, ports of call, cruises themselves, chilly chats, and travel and cruise industry news, just hit the little subscribe button in the lower right-hand corner, hit the bell notification so you'll be notified when a new video is up or we go live. This video was produced by Chili's Cruises. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash mpn to claim your credit. 
That's linkedin.com slash MPN. Terms and conditions apply.